you. Are now about to witness the awesome crushing might of V4 Eugene S. Robinson show stamper. The show that bespeaks the last truly free voice in America. Wait for it. Welcome, my friends, to the show Stomper, named after my favorite street move into Deadly. This is a show for the people who do not give a fuck about football. Who understand that fundamentally, pro sports fix. Which is why it's healthy. Versus the sport that will be the spear point for the rest of the remaining hour. Mixed martial arts, combat sports, our existential struggles to see through those to where we are now. But first, on the show Stampa, Stigmata, from Calling It Adjust, still available from Revelation Records, Huntington Beach, California. Look them up online. The song is called Intro, All of Nothing. And Bob Riley sings the words that not only kick off the show, but kick off the month, the week, the year. Listen well. When I could not see so clear, I'm taking a real good look at you. I'm taking a real good look at your face. Or being paid back in full, always nothing. All right, all right, my my friends, my friends, those of you who don't absolutely give a fuck about football. You know, I might have said something at the top of the hour that was kind of provocative about professional sports being fixed. Don't worry, you'll be able to hear better soon. Either that or you'll be completely muffled. I, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, I'm going to put on my my Buzz Aldrin headset. Let's see if, if I can actually get it to work. Get it to work. Get it to work. Cha cha cha. Nah, nah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. There we go. That seems to be working. Um. So, uh, if you, if you are a friend of Knuckle Up and you remember the old shows, you've heard the rebop on professional sports. When was the last time a World Series against two marquee teams went fewer than seven games? It never happens. You see, Michael Fran- Francisi, the the former mafia guy, talked about fixing basketball. It's not that hard. You don't have to get to a lot of people. My great grandmother used to say, "One monkey don't stop no show," but in the actual fact, one monkey can fix a game. Uh, I'm not saying this game is fixed. I'm just saying somebody was asking me, Fight Whisperer was asking me if I if he thought that uh, Tom Brady was lost battalion, the the the, the land of absent. Absent self-awareness, the land of wood piles and mist, where uh, media figures who haven't figured out it's gone past them uh, uh, look for uh, look for the next the next bus to start them, and which just never comes. And if Tom Brady was there, I have to say, Tom Brady. I'm sorry, you saying Joe Montana? Huh? What? Brett Rogers? Huh? What? What? Brett Favre? Huh? What? Joe Joe, Joe Namath? Who? What? Joe DiMaggio? Who? What? This shit's all transitory. Let's talk to Taylor, Dane, Tiffany, or Debbie Gibson. See if they if if, if, if they're still. If they, is that Chris Weidman over there? I I don't know. So let so thank you all for skipping it and showing up for the show stomper. Uh, it actually is going to be a compelling show because uh, I spent this this week talking to people. Let, let's just call them insiders. And I'm not going to say anything spurious that if it were in the New York Times that you would go, oh my God. We need sourcing on this because uh, you've made an incredible claim, and I need to know who said it. And I, I doubt the veracity of your claim, kind of like the Nunes me- memo. 
don't get caught in the weeds with this, buddy. Don't get caught in the weeds. You want to understand the president, all you got to understand the five-year-olds, you know? The whole routine is drawn from fucking pre-K straight up, you know? Oh, you said this. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, well Johnny, he, Johnny called, called me fat. Is that why you punched him in the nuts? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, if he, if he didn't call me fat, I wouldn't have done it. Okay, well, you're going to have to see the principal. The, princi the principal touched me last time I was in there. He, he, he touched my gentles. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> you, you know what it's like? This is like my cousin Vinny, but with Vinny as a president. You know, because the shit that you couldn't get away with when you deal with the shit that he's doing to the <laughs> to Congress and to the press is like shit that would not even fly at a basic negotiation at the Teamsters Union. <laughs> you know, you want to call somebody Pocahontas or, 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 uh, or, or, or Sloppy Steve when you're dealing with fucking union guy, you know, union reps. <laughs> Nah, bro, you don't do that. <clears throat> you don't fuck around. Guys would say Don Rickles used to talk about getting approached before he fell in with Frank Sinatra by guys who said, like, I'm gonna go I'm gonna fuck you. You think you're pretty funny, huh? You got lots of jokes, huh? I got jokes for you. I got jokes in the alley after your show is over. Those are jokes. <laughs> you know, there's certain guys, you know, you don't see me making fun of Albanians on the show, do you? Albanians tried to lure me to Chicago after I wrote a piece on Albanians. Oh, read your piece, loved it. Anytime you're in Chicago, you should stop by. We should hang out. You can stop by at my father's restaurant. Get the fuck out of here. No way. You must have thought I fell off the apple cart. It's easy with a journalist. I, I don't want to besmirch Daniel Pearl, but yo, bro, man, you're in places where they kill journalists, and you're a journalist. Expect to get killed. Anyway, I've gone kind of far afield. The point here is, the point is here, I'm not, I'm not telling stuff that, that an astute observer couldn't have put together, but know this and know this now. It comes from a reputable inside source. And we're just talking. We're just talking. We're just talking about mixed martial arts, failed organizations. There's a whole school of sociology, organizational theory. Or the philosophy of organizations, organizational psychology. You can't talk about the Third Reich without talking about organizational psychology. It's a big field. Not how you and me act, but how we act collectively. How we act collectively. And even deeper when there, there, there's a larger organization, a football team, an army, state senate. Any case, uh, maybe you got to watch a Chandra. That was a uh, 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 UFC Fight Night 125, also known as um, Machida and Anders. And that's not going to really be the jump point because I'm not going to do that to you. The, I'm, I start with the heavy bats up front. So the guy, ta I, I talk to the guy and I say, I don't know if you saw last week's show, but we did, we did, we did the, we did an examination of the troika, and the troika is specifically for those who didn't watch last week's show. Crazy, stupid, crazy as a fox. So now when we think about the, the bald one and we think about the declining revenue and the declining viewership for UFC, and, and last year this time, it was what we could call an incipient panic. Now it's not. It's real. We're beyond panic at this point now. At, at this point now, we're scribbling out fever notes from the... <laughs> I'm looking for Francis, Francis, uh, Francisco uh, Scatino, the patron saint of this show, Captain Scatino, and he's already back at his apartment. The rest of us are scribbling out notes in the cold, dark water, hoping that somebody somewhere will save this combat sport. But when we look at the troika of st uh, crazy, stupid, and crazy as a fox, you have three things to consider. Look at, look at that finger. Look at that. That's jujitsu, baby. I used to have beautiful hands like 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 Mozart or Liberace. <laughs> I wish my brother George was here. Uh, so there is, I, I, I asked him, this insider, I said, uh, uh, declining revenues, stumble on stumble, screw up on screw up, you, you, you know, gross mistake after gross mistake, 
throwing guys under the bus who don't need alienating top talent, all the shit that you could put in the basket, like a catch-22 basket called, called black eyes and not feathers in the cap. Is that a product of stupidity, uh, it's a product of craziness, stupidity, or, 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 or a save Germany latter-day 19, early 1945 V2 missile super secret weapon going to save everything crazy as a fox uh, 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 thinking? He said, well, I should, I should, I, you, you don't care. You know, why, why do I even go? You know, I should make a guess. Is it crazy, stupid, or crazy as a fox? Now, this is what we were all hoping, that it was crazy as a fox, that there was some weapon that Hitler had that was going to save Germany. Well, that's if you're a Nazi. But, or in the case of the MMA, that, that it was like some secret Uber plan, some Ur plan, U-R plan, U-R hyphen plan that, that the bald one had in place that he was going to, that he was going to kick in to, 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 to fix the UFC and, and save mixed martial arts as we know it and love it. Nah, he said, not crazy as a fox. Okay, that leaves stupid and crazy. Stupid and crazy. Well, stupid, you know, I remember the first time I discovered some of the guys on the jiu-jitsu team were Trump guys. And I said something, but you got to be fucking stupid. I'm sick of being told I'm stupid because I'm voting for Trump. Oh, craft ebbing. Yeah. You are so stupid, you don't know how stupid you are. You, it, uh, you, okay, I'm not going to get into the political weeds of the situation, but it's okay. It's okay. The argument used in that instance is, would a stupid guy be able to do that? Do what? Collect the money from his father? His dad's got $5 billion. It gives it to the son. How smart do you have to be to hold your hand out? <laughs> I'm holding my hand out all the time. Nobody calls me smart. So in any case, it doesn't matter. My insider source said it's not stupid. <clears throat> so, uh, uh, hold on. What did he say? <laughs> hold on. Hold on. No, no, no. No, 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 sorry, I jumped the gun. He said, not crazy as a fox, not crazy. He wouldn't commit to stupid. I said stupid. He wouldn't commit to it because he was afraid that I was going to lie to him about this stuff being off the record or connected to him and like put him on blast to all of uh, Instagram and Twitter and stuff. Such. I wouldn't do that. I'm an honor bound journalist. But I added stupid and he kind of paused and got quiet. And then I said, OK, let me put it this way. Let me put it this way. Um, is, is, is the bald one going to be able to fix this? And he took a sip of his water and went like this. I said, okay, wh wh why not? And he said, let me spell it out for you. Frank and Lorenzo Fertitta, the former owners, when, he, when the bald one was a cardio kickboxing instructor, this is that he was training these guys and he convinced them. And that's how he got to be in the catbird seat of, of being the president and CEO. And they were the money guys. And for the first five or eight or however many years they had it before they got the Ultimate Fighter TV show, there was rumors aplenty. Every few months that they lost so much money that they were going to sell it. They were going to sell it. They lost so much money. Okay. They did it. They stuck in there. The Ultimate Fighter TV show. Ultimate Fire TV show, um, you know, pulled their fat out of the fire. And you actually had some big names. If you go through the listing of some of the uh, uh, fight nights on the same day, somebody cleverly put same day, like took January 26 and went back five, six years. You can see declining revenues. But that, that, that's, 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 that's not the issue. So they, 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 um, they, they hit. Hit it big with the Ultimate Fighter TV show, and I have to digress here for a second because I don't know if you remember in the early days it was on it was not on Fox it was on Spike I believe I could have get this wrong it doesn't make a difference it was somewhere else, and the bald one came in much like remember that friend of mine that I was telling you about who's a, now an international genius and I won't go any further because I don't want to put him on Front Street 
but he was a he's a big uh, quantum mechanics guy. But he would have visitations. He would do out of have bo- out of body experiences, and he was going to these alternate realms, like kind of uh, altered states type thing, flotation tanks, devices going. And then, but because he was a wrestler, and and, and which is all largely a martial art about control, he would get into these places and he would end up doing pitched battle with these dark forces that were there, some of which came back with him when he re-entered his body and attacked him in this realm. It sounds crazy, I know, but I've got newspaper articles which described, which have a uh, shit that affected him and other people, things swooping out of the darkness, knocked him off a cliff, there was an arm broken, there was a hospital visit, doesn't make a difference. He used to start jobs. He used to start jobs and he would go with the bull in the china shop thing. He would go in there and he would say, look, what you need to do is we all have that. Anytime you start a new job, you have what these idiots, what they got to do is they got to. But, you know, you want to figure out the lay of the land. You kind of get quiet. You kind of soft pedal it. And you don't get into that. Right. You don't get into that. He would do it every time. And this is how the bald one approach a deal with with Spike. He goes, I want this and this. I'm going to this, this, this. I need this and this. And I want you to do this and this. And the guys at Spike just listen and they go, yeah, okay. All right, great. Uh, now you finished talking. This is what we're going to do. Take it or leave it. We'll see you later. <laughs> Talk to you Monday. Uh, if I don't hear from you Monday, then we'll move on to somebody else. And so he had to come crawling back. It, it's a dodge. It's, it's, it's a hustle. But sometimes it's a hustle that works. It gets you a lot of stuff, right? Like uh, Steve Jobs himself used to practice just staring at people. He probably read that it was something that predators do. That predators don't blink as often as, as prey. You know, and, and on a social scale, uh, men of power actually uh, blink less than than underlings. It's a it's a social it's a homeostatic social thing. Another guy added a bit of insanity to my world. He goes, "You ever see a bunch of pe- men standing at a urinal?" I go, "Yeah." He goes, "You know, the first one to piss is usually the alpha male. The others will actually not piss until the alpha male pisses. They can't help it. It's just something the bladder does." And so now, at this point, at this point now, I'm so insane i'm like pulling my penis out i get to the front door of the bathroom fuck that bro fuck that alpha all over this place i'll piss on the floor straight up to the urinal i got a point to make unless there was any doubt so spike tells him fuck off you take what you get you can get pretty far thinking and doing like that you can get pretty far until you meet somebody at spike who goes fuck you you take it or leave it and then you take it you take it until you're in a position to demand i'm sure he's gotten a lot of stuff that way Okay, so we've given you a little background about the the, the, the cycle monograph of the Baldwin, the guy who's leading this ship, not the USA, but the UFC. So I say to to this insider, I say, look, is he going to pull out of this? He goes, Frank and Lorenzo are geniuses. They were the brains. And as luck would have it, they were also the bucks. They were the brains and the bucks. He goes, but there's one thing that you got to know, and this is why he didn't want his name associated with it, the gangsters. He goes, I don't mean straight up in the sense that they like machine gunning people and speakeasies. He goes, it's if if your father is into, you know, stamps. You might be in the stamps. It's it's in the air. Like I mentioned last week's show, there's a friend of mine who went to it, well, it wasn't important what he went to prison for. But I remember meeting him and going, man, you from back east? He's like, no. Where'd you grow up? Here in Cupertino, California. I go, no fucking way, bro. No, you didn't do this. You got a New York accent. He goes, I don't know. Well, my parents come from New York. He adopted his parents' New York accent. Had no idea. Had no idea he sounded like he came from Canarsie. Had no idea. Where did his parents come from? Canarsie. Greek guy. No idea. That his parents had come from Canarsie. He just picked it up. So when he's picked it up, so Lorenzo and Frank, it's just family business, man. Buy low, sell high. Don't give a sucker an easy, easy break. The house always wins. Anything, any other maxim or adage that you can think of that applies to casino living, these guys got it. Like Oxbow says, unless some of you don't know, I sing for this band Oxbow. And I and on one of the songs on the record, I talk about casino politics. I believe it's a gentleman's gentleman. I could have that wrong, as I do many things, but not this. And they saw the opportunity to get out, $4.2 billion, bye-bye, buy my beach house, my $36 million beach house in Malibu. And you got to understand, this all coheres around this idea of, of, of legacy. If you start 
an all-enveloping business, Jeff Bezos, say, and, or Rupert Murdoch, say, who's going to inherit your business? I find healthy leaders have a, have a plan for succession. But you don't really trust anybody if you're a, a leader like that. You don't really trust anybody, really, at all. So your offspring make the likeliest chances. Don Corleone, whatever, 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 whatever Murdoch's kid's name is. It's some name like that, Murdoch. And you raise them the way, and you hope that they take the business over, right? The Fertitta's father, probably, uh, if I had done my research, I would have known a little bit more about the casino business that they were involved in. But they got the money and ran. They, 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 they scored bigger. I don't know if their father's still alive, but they scored in a way that would have made their father fucking proud. $4.2 billion. Probably with an option to reown. And without them being able to claw it back. And they leave who in charge? Curly Joe. So, Curly Joe, the brain trust has left the building. These guys are perfectly happy. Now, he's got some kind of contract tying him in. But besides that, he's one of those cats. He's like a, like a Mayweather. What the fuck is he going to do? He's got more money than God. You think that guy's going to sit at home? No. Can't. You know why? Because having people look at you and talk to you and want your autograph is fucking delightfully addictive. Not many people can give it up, and not many people don't want it. You get the rare ones. Joe DiMaggio didn't want it. J.D. Salinger gave it up. Rob De Niro's carved a little space for himself by in his early years beating people up who talked to him. Much like Frank Sinatra, people see him on the streets of New York, they just leave him alone. Hey, Bobby, how you doing? And that's about it. So they leave They leave the bald one in charge of things. He's got a contract that ties him in, I imagine. I haven't seen it. So this guy, my insider, goes on to say, he says, you know, the funny, the funny and fucked up thing is that they've got talented fighters. They, they own talented fighters. But they've never been interested in talented fighters. He said, more importantly, not more importantly, everything of value that they've have, they've ruined. They 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 got the they got the back libraries, uh, uh, the the libraries for Pride and Strike Force, and they could have turned those into something. They did absolutely nothing. They could have turned those into their their discrete, you know, vertical silos. They could have packaged all that stuff up, all those pride fights, all those strike force fights. They could have built champions from those. They could have done some version of MARP. They did nothing. They started Fight Pass with great promise, and they did nothing. It's not enough to come up with a good idea. Hey, why don't you and I have sex? It's not enough to do that. You actually, once sexual congress has begun, you have to perform well for people to walk away feeling like they've got something. So they fucked up the, the pride deal. They got that entire back catalog, did nothing with it, nothing significant. Got the entire Strike Force back catalog, did nothing significant with it. Started just fight passing and development. It was going to be the best thing. It's going to be so you won't even believe it. How's that sound familiar? It'll be so good. It'll be the bestest. It'll be bigly. You'll see. It'll be the best, best thing ever. And fucking fight pass. I had to get it. I got it. It was just infuriating. And I said, okay, okay. So they've got good fighters. He goes, yeah, they've got good fighters, but they've never cared about good fighters. They care about these other things, but they seemingly care about these other things for two seconds before they move on to other things that they care about for two seconds, and then they move on to other things. He goes, that's nobody's responsibility, nobody's fault, nobody's directive but the bald one. He, he, he said the Fertitas did what gangs to do. They grabbed the money, they left, good luck to you. Yeah, maybe they like the sport, they like the guys, they like hanging out, they like training. But you can't liken that shit to the bank like Bobby Southworth once said. 
can't pay your rent. This is that's just worth worth this for the birds. Uh, so I'm paraphrasing what Bobby Salvador said. He said he said uh, you know what fame is when everybody knows your name, but you got nothing in the bank. That's why he retired. So you've got so if, so if you've got great fighters. And they're not finding their way to great fights. Whose fault is that? I go, can we lay this soundly on the fact that they haven't replaced Joe Silva? He goes, they're ne- not going to replace Joe Silva. I go, so is this Sean Shelby, also known as Keith's fault? He goes, it's not necessarily his fault. You got to understand, you're not, you, 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 you're looking every other place. You're looking every other place for the stink, but the, but the pile of shit in the middle of the floor. And that's the bald one. What are the reasons that Joe Silva left? What are the reasons? Is Sean Shelby incompetent? I don't know that he is. But you got to understand when you got a guy, when you got a clinical narcissist in charge, all benefits accrue to him, all faults accrue to you. It's always, like I said, anything you need to know, you can go to a five-year-old. Who spilled this, Bobby? Well, Jimmy was over here last. He made me spill it. Okay, so these decisions that are being made, can they be fixed, altered, changed? Can anything save it? Guy just looked at me and he was like, you know, some people are going to turn around and say that that this, you know, that um, that let me just get to what he said. He said, because before the thought gets out of my mind, he said that when business got harder, the bald one got less interested. USADA, you know, the Ali Act, when, when things start, got a little, he just lost interest. He goes, that's a charitable, that's a charitable take. The less charitable take has to go back to Kraft Ebbing that he, or the Peter Principle, that he's never been without, without Lorenzo and Frank, Without an organization that functions, he is non-functioning. And certainly, certainly there seem to be bird seeds, uh, breadcrumbs, sorry is the expression, breadcrumbs back to that being a prevailing idea. The first major thing, you'll hear it, you know I'm exactly right, the Reebok deal. How many people, how many names can you tie into having left the UFC because of that fucking Reebok deal? How many? Well, Gegard Masasi is the first name that pops to my head. And now you've got this situation where nobody gives a fuck about the belts. People are wanting money fights, and they're none of those. Which brings us to UFC Fight Night 125. Now, I, I, had, I did the show, the Care Don't Care preview with John Nash. Um, and John Nash actually, the Dodson fight got canceled, so Dodson got reamed, right? Dodson got reamed because apparently, according to Scuttlebutt, that's uh, that he's not getting paid. (laughs) They said, You want to fight this guy who's a five pounds heavier? He goes, I didn't sign up to fight a guy who's five pounds heavier. But they said, Okay, well, fuck you, We, we got the fight for you, you didn't fight, you don't get anything. You get nothing. John Fitch is going to come back, fight for Scott Coker at Bellator. Surprise, surprise. Not really. So let's see. Let, let, let's see how. Did, I don't think I did crush. Uh, I don't think I did crush Johnny. Johnny boy. Johnny Nash. Johnny Nash, I did not crush. Uh, let's just see. Sorry, I got to avert mine eyes for a second. Um, so let's see. So he picked, um, he picked, he only had four picks. So he only had four carries. I only had two. We both picked Valentina Shartenko and we didn't care about the main card. (laughs) That's hard sauce, man. And he picked Anthony, Anthony Smith, and he picked, uh, means. And so Anthony Smith lost and so did means. (laughs) <laughs> so I picked Means and I picked Valentina. So I've got one right, one wrong. He's got 
one right and two wrong. I win again, Johnny Nash. Um, but that doesn't mean that we have we have to talk about these fights. I just kind of brought it up to to make a point. The, 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 I mean, we don't have to wait for the numbers on this. <laughs> yes, yes, I know Eric Anders was undefeated, and what, what? You could just say, you could say, well, there's method to this madness. This is this is crazy as a fox because the reality of it is that the 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 you know the UFC would have been ignored because everybody's getting the hype for the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think if you want my opinion that that the the figures that, that I was quoting were actually from Super Bowl weekends from the past six years. Of course, you know, it changed with 9-11. It used to be January 26th, but now it's, uh, well, it's today, February 4th. First Sunday in February, I think, right? So uh, you got the bald one. You got this clinical narcissist who's running this business who won't listen to anybody, who comes in bull in a china shop. And, of course, like if you go back to pre-K politics, is, is, is refusing to acknowledge at this point that anything's wrong. And sneakily, boxing has had a great 2017. Even with the decrepit and decrepit Bob Arum and, and Don King and then, you know, Floyd Money Mayweather, the people in the bo boxing have had exciting fights. They've had exciting fights and people are threatening. Oh, do you want MMA to be like boxing now where you've got these top heavy cards versus what? Versus what? Do you realize how many how many fights on this card that we didn't care about and the care don't care preview? And yeah, I got your tw your text, your tweets during the fight that all oh, this wasn't so bad. Hey, hey, kid, you, you, you're fucking caught, man. It's like it's like you, we gotta have a moment of clarity. You're a fucking junkie, bro. Admit that. Hey, look, you know, you know what, you know what? There was a point at which um, a friend of mine. Used to take a lot of LSD. This friend of mine, he used to take it every weekend. That's how he figured out that it accumulates. If you take it on Friday and next Friday rolls around and you take about five or six more hits of acid, uh, it, you don't get any extra bump really. You just kind of sort of continue on the same trip. So you got to back off a little bit. You know, you got to give it some space. So instead of going tripping every space tripping every weekend. Maybe every couple of weeks or maybe once a month, ideally. And this friend maybe had done over 700, seven, had seven, over 700 hits of acid. And he told me, this friend of mine told me, he said, you know, uh, my last trip, I found myself sitting in front of the TV and I had this thought, this moment of clarity where I go, you know, I could do this without the acid. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to watch TV, man. You know, I mean, sometimes, you know, you have you have a party and you have friends and everybody. You go out, you go to a show, you go to this and that, or, you know, it's a sex thing or whatever. But this was just sitting in front of the TV. If you watch UFC Fight Night 125, you were just sitting in front of the TV. You were just a guy who get high just to get high. Because like John Nash said in the Care Don't Care preview, he's looking to, for a couple things. He's looking for good fights, but he's looking for a fight that has significance. Fight that has significance in the fight universe. It's hard to find stuff that has significance in a universe where everything is misty as fuck. Now, I like uh, Yuri Alcantara, right? I like him. But I don't like him against Joe Soto. If I had picked him, I would have won. But since I'm too cheap, broke to, to gamble, it's immaterial. But Deepson Figueredo against Joseph Morales, who cares? Pollyanna Almota versus Maya Stevenson, who cares? Alan Patrick Silva Alves against Damir Hodzovic. People who tell me, oh, you, you missed a good fight. Hey, you know, you heard me tell that story about that, that heroine that was going around in New York called Tango and Cash back in the 80s, right? Named after the Stallone movie. This is like that, man. It's like everybody's talking about it. And it's just like, I, I got it. But this was not good. That was not good heroin. So I had to move my legs. Sorry. And then the plug came out. So, so a couple of things. 
everybody's getting on at side points, uh, di- diversions here. Um, everybody's getting on on uh, 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 Yamasaki. Stop it. What you don't know when you look at Yamasaki, Yamasaki speaks fluent Portuguese. I don't know if that means he grew up in Brazil or what that means. But each and every fight he that he officiates, that he's refing, in which there's a Brazilian fighter in there, he's doing his game best to give them a chance to do to do something. And, and I say that because people are unloading on him for the co-main, the uh, uh, the Valentina Shachenko against Priscilla Kocher. It wasn't what Valentina did, and it wasn't what Yamasaki did, and it wasn't even what Priscilla did. It's that he's going it, to, it, it, it's about fundamentally what Sean Shelby did. Sean Shelby at the, hel- at the behest of, of uh, 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 the bald one put this woman in there who shouldn't have been in there. It was a gimme for Valentina to develop some highlight reel, but they could have put somebody a little bit tougher than that. I mean, what was the point? You're going to drive interest in Brazil by having some Brazilian woman get beaten almost half to death? And everybody's like, oh, Leota's back. Are you kidding me? Okay, you know what you do? Go to SureDog. And when they say matches to make, oh, yeah, Leota's back. He's back. He lost his last four, but he's back. So who should he fight now? Um, Have him fight Vitor. That's not back, man. That's not back. That's not back. <laughs> oh, you know, he should fight. He should fight Forrest Griffin. That's not back. <laughs> that's something else entirely. I don't know what it is or what you'd call it, but that's not back. I don't know what to tell you. This fight was a mockery of a travesty of a shame. Were there good fights in the card? Yeah, but it was mismanaged, mishandled from every... Because, what do you mean, Eugene? What do you mean it was mismanaged? Because if you wanted to talk about the noise that was made come Sunday... At the at the at the at the beginning or possibly conclusion of this show, what do you have? You know that John Dodson got reamed. You know that the bald one is calling T.J. Dillashaw a pussy. You mean the guy who holds the belt? That guy's a pussy. And he made a great point, or Dwayne Bain Ludwig made a great point. It's like, how come Cody gets your re- immediate rematch, and I had to wait two years? You know what? I got the belt. I got some say in this. And right away, there's that dog whistle that you get for that kind of pre-K politic thing where the guy here in the dog, he's got to retaliate. I got some pushback. Oh, you're going to push back against me, huh? No, I don't get pushed around. You don't get pushed around. You know, I wrote a piece for Ozzy coming up about penis size. Yep. Very specifically about how penis size contributed to World War II. Two-thirds of the Axis powers had problems with the, per, their public perception of their penises. Nazi propaganda was rife with the plundering of German womanhood by the Jewish, the, 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 uh, the, uh, the well-endowed Jewish menace. I'm not kidding. And they don't call it the rape of Nan King for nothing. I interview, I, it's not just me doing crazy talk, I interview world-renowned historians. World-renowned. The question is, will Ozzy be bold enough to publish my piece of scholarship connecting World War II, rise of Nazism, and small peepees? You might be laughing right now. I got, I got stats up the ass. I got interviews with world-renowned historians. No, they don't want to come and say it because they're worried about being laughed at. But I'm not afraid about being laughed at. So the bald one having this kind of weird penis thing is now rather than work with, works against some of his best talent. The number of times he's actually attempted to throw Johnny Boney Joni under the bus. Um, oh, oh. Philly Philly won the Super Bowl. For those of you who are actually watching the fucking Super Bowl or not watching, I have I get a news alert popped up on the, my screen. 52 years they finally won the Super Bowl. Uh-huh. Mm. 
You know who cleaned up on that? <laughs> Let's see if we can find Frank and Lorenzo. Not you. They said, how many millions of dollars, how many millions of bettors actually put down money on, on Philadelphia? Follow the money. Nobody cared if the, if, if the England, New England won again. Specifically, the guys who run the team. They're trying to hustle Brady out. That's why Brady is the guy. He's fucking lost battalion up the ass. Why do you think that we mentioned Brady and then we mentioned Joe Montana or Joe Namath? Guys that most people, kids that were 18, no football, they're like, who? Who's that? For those of you worried about Popeye, that's Popeye snoring outside the door. I haven't killed the dog. Hear it? Wait, he'll do it again. Okay, he stopped. He heard me talking about him, so he fucking stops to make me look bad. It's like the frog on the Bugs Bunny cartoons. So we know it's not crazy as a fox. It's not crazy. It's just some variation of stupid with this guy wouldn't wouldn't cop to. The skills necessary to pull the fat out of the fire are not going to be employed. Why? And this is the crux of it, which is why I save it for this point in time. The crux of it, the crux of it is because Ari is fucking taking the back seat to him. And that's the thing. So the guy who runs WME, William Morris Endeavor, rather than being a, made of the stuff that, that the guys at Spike are, so when the bald one comes in, waving his hands and pounding the desk and making some, well, I could look at it, I got this, I got this, instead of just laughing at him and say, you know, you call me Monday when you when you saying the fuck up, and if I don't hear from you, I'll go. Uh, good luck to you on your future ventures. Ari is like these other Hollywood cats, you know. They think that listen. There's a guy who's a CEO of a major corporation here, whose name I won't mention. <laughs> Ooh, it's very tempting. Anyway, he was uh, uh, boning down this friend of mine and. Uh, and he was super obsessed with going by her place. She used to work for him, and he's and he, he would ask her about. So you you live in you live in Redwood City, huh? And she said, Yeah. So so you live in a pretty like bad neighborhood, you know? It's a pretty it's like like a lot of crime there. And he was really wanting to come by and have sex with her in her place, right? Because he wanted to walk on the wild side. <laughs> Fucking wild side, man. <laughs> it's not it's not an abusement park. You know, what is that great bad brains line? My living ain't very funny. You know, poor people are just like you, except they're poor, man. You know, so okay. So Ari Emmanuel, this you know, Hollywood mover and shaker who can put together these big deals for his money, does a couple of things that indicate that maybe he's not moving and shaking as much or as powerfully as you'd like to believe he could or should or would. He changes the well and well well in place name of William Morris. Everybody knows William, the Schwab's drugstore counter, William Morris, the agent. You got it, kid. You got it. And they change it to Endeavor, which sounds like a, a feminine hygiene product. That's me. That's Popeye. Here, listen. He's snoring. Listen. That's him. Well, admittedly, that it could also be my wife, but she doesn't snore like that. That's Popeye. Take my word for it. It's too early for her to be sleeping anyway. So so this guy, he changes William Morris to Endeavor. And then he bought, so it was $4.2 billion in the UFC. And then he turns it over to, he turns it over to, listen, there's a big difference between what Frank and Lorenzo did and what Ari Emanuel did. They kept their eyes on the prize. He's, you know, the guy who's teaching them how to do push-ups and sidekicks. Says, yeah, we should really buy, you know, you could put a bit. And they said, hmm, okay, well, well, you know, I, I've been watching the UFC. Let's talk to Peretti and find out what Peretti. Oh, Peretti's like, oh, you know, he's having a hard time. John McCain is trying to shut us down. Tell you what, I'll help out. I, I, I'll, I'll take it off your hands. Okay? What about if I give you a million dollars? Well, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> Peretti takes the money, signs over the rights. They got themselves a company. Right? The Fertitas weren't talked into anything. The Baldwin shows up with a pitch. They say, 
this is going to cost us a mil. And you keep in mind, when you have a lot of money, it's like watching hockey. You can see lots of people running around the ice and on the in the hockey rink, and they're there and there. But you got only got to follow the black thing. Okay. When you're spending $4.2 billion, a lot of that put together by a consortium, a lot of that money not even yours. But you focus on the guy and not the puck, you're going to get scored on. And that's what happened. The Fertitas focused on the fucking puck. They got more money, they bought low, they sold high. Ari Emanuel trusted this whole walk on the wild thing, trusted the bald one to be able to handle business, and they watched the guy and not the fucking puck. So now that it comes time for them to, to, make, to sell the, the rights for this, and they're purportedly asking for $400 million for Fox to re-up, he's like, you got to be kidding. R anybody who's going to give that type of money should demand a concession. And that concession is, I'll be glad to give it to you. You get that fucker out of there. Because your puck is not safe as long as that bald one is anywhere near it. Not safe. Because he doesn't know what he's doing. The evidence has accrued. I could list it. Reebok was the first canary in the coal mine to drop dead. That was horrible for business. Except it convinced guys like Ari Emanuel that you got Nike, you got Mercedes-Benz, the official sponsor of the blah, 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 blah. And now he's doing the thing that, they, that always happens in VC terms where they try to do bangs, whistles, uh, 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 bells and whistles. And, and that and that's just tricky. It's it, it, heat in that. Uh, what is it? What am I looking for? Heat uh, activity. Creates the, 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 the sense of value. There's no value there. UFC boxing is not shit. It's pipe smoke. It's a pipe dream. It's smoke. It's a fantasy. It's a fantasy. Because he's done such a good job with the UFC. He's dropping four grands on some fucking waiter to give the guy a tip. And he's going to stiff a John Dodson because John Dodson wouldn't fight a guy who couldn't bother to show up uh, 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 on weight. And make weight. And that's something. The USADA thing, the weight thing, somebody might have said, well, you know, he saw the writing on the wall. No, it was the Fertitas who saw the writing on the wall. This business is going to get harder. With USADA and with, uh, with uh, the, the, you know, we're going we're gonna to stumble into a death because of the weight cut. That, this is going to be worth mud. We're going to take our 4.2 and get out fast. Why? Because they don't need the fame. <laughs> Both Lorenzo and Frank can go shopping at Safeway tomorrow. And nobody's bothering them. They don't need it. Not interested in it. You knew bad boys move in silence and violence. Loud mouths, however, are very different. And this is where it ties into the, the head of the ship of state. Loud mouths are very different. Their motivations are very different. And they're loud <laughs> because, because they want to be heard. And they want to be heard because you hearing them validates them. You say, hey, hey, Eugene, you sound like you could be talking about you. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> However, I'm in a little cul-de-sac. You know, my, my cul-de-sac is called, is called uh, oh, sounds like the mic just came on. I wonder what the hell was going on the whole rest of the time. My, my cul-de-sac is called the v, V4, the Eugene S. Robinson Show Stomper. People like, Eugene, you used to get over thousands of dollars. You only because you live bloody out. Look, hey, I don't, what? Hey, whoa, hey, I don't, you know, come on. Can't be thinking about that. Because my sense of self, my persona, in a Freudian sense, is not really dependent on this show. Or the fight book behind me. Fight everything you want to know about asking about Frederick, asking for asking, still available. I mean, I, I my persona is it, maybe it's a collection of different things. 
I would be happy if I could die tomorrow and, and the testimonials offered at my funeral were given by, by, by my, my, my friends and, and, and my wife. That would be great. And my children. He's a good man. That's it. Oh, yeah, well, he did this Oxbow thing, and he wrote a bunch of books and uh, did some other stuff. Yeah, he also hurt people. <laughs> but they had it coming. Uh, pretty much Eugene S. Robinson is like a train track. You stay off the train track, you don't get hit by the train. You jump on the train track and fuck with the train, you might get hit by the train. Anybody who might have anything bad to, about me could say, yeah, but I was, no, there's no but. You were on the train track and you got hit by a train, right? Yeah, but that, no, that train, no, what, the train jumped off the tracks and followed you? No, the train didn't follow you. You jumped on the train tracks and you got fucked up. Or as uh, Sorrell would say, fuck up. So this insider to wit, let's let's get to, to the, the end because I don't want to get where I haven't closed a circle on this point. He said, "There is no hope. There is no hope for the bald one to make a change. He would have to acknowledge that there is a need for a change. Nobody underneath him will be able to convince him, or would even dare to push this line that there is a need for a change. Much like cabinet members." Sean Spicer had the photographic evidence to the, uh, to the contrary, had the total line. And you know, you know what? Honestly, honestly, I got to go back to Empires of the Sun on this one. And that's what you got to do. The guy says, lift up the stone. You don't start telling them how you're the, you're, the, you're the officer of the British Army and the Geneva Convention says you don't have to live. And then the guy stoves your head in with the, with the rifle. And then you expect that John Malkovich, as he jumps out of the truck, is going to help you. And John Malkovich looks at you and goes, and he picks up the stone. You know, if you're Sean Shelby, it's like, oh, yo, bro, you want to book Eric Anders against Machida? Anything you say, boss. Does it serve the corporation well? Nope. But it serves that corporation well because that corporation has been scuttled by the cult of the individual autarky the rule of the radically individual never works nothing i hate more than a yes man isn't that right sean yes sir so nobody underneath him nobody underneath him should be expected to do shit should be expected to do shit you know they're they're paying mortgages paying kids kids college funds they're looking for jobs on linkedin doing whatever Okay, well, maybe maybe on somebody on a dotted line, on a parallel relationship with him, a peer. Well, who's that? Lorenzo and Frank were the closest. But, you know, you kiss up, you kick down. They could have told him something. They're at their $36 million beach house buying fucking carpet swatches or whatever you do when you have a $36 million beach house. If it was me, I'd be putting a security system in. And then killing the guy who put the security system in, like Stalin did. So it's not going to be anybody on a on a dotted line, peer to peer, because they don't exist. And if you're thinking Vince McMahon's going to help him, that's not going to happen. Vince McMahon's not helping him for shit. So that leaves somebody above him, which would be Ari Emanuel, who is gobsmacked. Got some sort of bromance with the ball one. Oh, Dana, Dana's gonna Dana said he's got a secret weapon that he's gonna he's gonna get us out of this thing. You watch. Dana will get us out. You watch. I I'll show you. Nah, bro, it's not gonna happen. So the one guy who could help is not gonna help. Maybe he's got a healthier organization. Maybe WME is is healthier. And that somebody, one of his underlings, could go, look, man. This guy is ruining us. You got to you got to do this and that and that you know what'll happen to that guy who says that? That brave intrepid soul who talks truth to power, he'll stand up and they will go, "My god, you're right." Shoot him. And they'll take your ideas. <laughs> Shoot him and we'll take the ideas. Hmm. It doesn't pay. It doesn't pay. Like on John on the on the Care Don't Care preview, we we're talking about the time John Nash got stabbed. What was he doing? Trying to break up a fight. 
And I count it with my story about the time my head got stove open with the with a broken bottle. What was I doing? Not minding my business trying to break up a fight. Now, uh-uh, buddy. If it's a gross miscarriage of justice, then I step in. In other words, if I'm working for Harvey Weinstein, maybe I drop a dime on him uh, anonymously. Start taking video. You know, something. This friend of mine, she dated an, an anesthesiologist. And when they were breaking up, they were back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And she was very, it was, made me very upset. She goes, Eugene, he gave me a check for, for, and I just threw it back in his face. And I go, how much was the check for? She goes, $80,000. I'm not a prostitute. I just, I go, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> okay. All right. Listen, listen, listen. The next time he gives you $80,000, I'll tell you what, you give it to me because I know you're not a prostitute and I'll hold it and you just make him squirm and, and, and you can give it back on your own terms, on your terms. But she told me something interesting that this anesthesiologist had told her that um, when he had patients under, uh, uh, under, under anesthesiology, uh, under anesthetics, sorry, he would molest them. So now I'm in a position that I already hate this guy. I'm in a position to like, what do I do with this information? So I go to a friend of mine who's a surgeon, which is my first stop on the way to, uh, to the AMA because I want to drop a dime on this guy because I'm a hater. This is about speaking truth to power. And my friend who's a surgeon goes, that's impossible. She, he's either lying to her or she's lying to you. There are too many people. There are too many people. So yeah, yeah, you say that, but then every time I've been given anesthetic, I'm usually given anesthetic in the room. They give me the first dollop. It makes me a little woozy, and then they roll you into the operating room, and then they put the gas mask on. But I'm already gone before that, and before that, it's just one or two people. Because still, two people is enough. He goes, however, if you're feeling strongly about it, call the ambulance. They have got a hotline or something. So of course I did. I didn't get $80,000 for doing it. It just seemed like the right thing to do. Because I don't want to wake up with my underwear on backwards and lipstick on, okay? That's why. The guy works at the hospital where I go to. <laughs> so, so, anyway. So, so, anyway. The guy gave us a dull and dark and grim picture. And if you've been paying attention, I've made a parallel to this ship of state thing. Because everybody who thought this Nunez memo was going to be shit, you know why? You know why the White House has been amazingly quiet about the whole thing? Because they realized that the memo wasn't something that had really been read. And the memo makes the case that <laughs> the memo makes the case that they were after the page Carter Page guy well before. This period of time that he was saying that the the the, the I got to think of a name for the for the uh, for the the, uh, the fat dude who's the president here, but uh, you know, so it, it undercut his his previous point. It did absolutely nothing except for forgive some meat for the grist for two days for the cheap seats who they, who now will walk away with the fundamental pre-K message of oh they're after him. But they're not. If you read the thing, so what is that left with? Now you got, like Hitler, a battle on three fronts. Now you got an FBI Justice Department that hates you, in addition to the Russians who now thought you would be a steadier friend, and huge swathes of people from shithole countries, as well as people in America who are extracted from those, who have sympathy for them, as well as women who are not, uh, 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 who are not uh, 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 religious uh, lunatics. It is, it is, it is, it is counter corporate. Corporation is a collection of smart people coming together to do to do good things. This is counter that. And the UFC will not be fixed. Extrapolate as you would to the rest of the country. There's a process in place with the rest of the country that makes its being scuttled unlikely. There is no processional saving of the UFC. There will be there, there's a potential of brighter blips uh, in the future. There's a potential that uh, the D.C. Cormier thing will bear fruit. And Johnny Boney Joni is making noises like he, if if Cormier gets that heavyweight belt, I'm going to come and take that away from him, too. That's a compelling narrative. Again, stumbled into 
through no fault of, I mean, you got to understand that that shit that is going on between Cormier and Johnny Boney Joni is completely separate from the actual business functionings of anything coming out of the bald one's head. He is not behind the wheel of this car, and he doesn't know it. It's like he's like I said, kid's toy on the back on the back apron of the car, facing the rear of the car, thinking thinking that he's ten years ago and that he can demand and direct. He can't. And like the meat puppet said, I'm when they sang, I'm so tired of living in Nixon's mess. I'm pretty tired of living in the bald one's mess, but I'm fucking stuck. Like I said, we're attracted to MMA, not because we're just attracted to the fight game, but because of the macro picture and the way it connects philosophically to almost every aspect of our existence. I'm not talking about fighting. I'm not talking about sports entertainment. I'm talking about fucking life and living. And uh, I mean, the second lesson for V4, Eugene S. Robinson's showstopper, hubris subtitled is don't be like the bald one shit's terrible 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 how reckless can you get how reckless can you get a multi-billion dollar corporation driven into the fucking gutter into the gully because somebody was potty trained badly you don't like what i've said you don't believe it you don't think it holds water? Show me different. Show me numbers that call bullshit on what I'm saying. Show me a schedule that calls bullshit on what I'm saying. Show me any kind of indicators that show me things are moving in the right way. Jimmy Smith, are you fucking kidding? Nap, 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 nap. Cue clown music, baby, because the fucking thing is over. I've been saying that for a year, and now, now, now we are like the historical watchers who are just sitting there taking notes on how exactly, how long the, the bald guy in the bunker is going to hold out. Actually, you didn't really see too much of Hitler's hair in those last few days, right? The last few days before he escaped to Argentina. Don't fucking give me that bunker stuff. But in any case, in any case, there's not, they're not reasons. This is not a reason to be depressed. The new me, the 2018 me, you know, the, the positive. I'm glad to be drawing a breath. I there, I just drew another one. I'm pretty happy about that. I'm gonna draw another one. Pretty happy about that. But I'm watching. And I'm learning. And I'm not not only am I not doing as he says, I'm not doing as he does. And I'm hoping, even with the absence of a $36 million beach house, that I can live out the rest of my days, if not happy, at least successful. Because I haven't been a victim of unforced errors. I'm a participant. I'm a witness. But I'm not a victim. So if you watch the fights, that's fine. But... Uh, uh, if you listen to what this show had said, you got to understand that this is going to be a fleeting fineness. Next week, we've got a great fight. Could be. So on Tuesday, on Bloody Elbow, there'll be If I Did It, followed around 7.20, 7.30, immediately followed by, immediately followed by If the Shoes Fit. If I Did It, we, we saw PR kerfuffles inside MMA, which we'll be talking about probably Yamasaki and some of this other stuff. And If the Shoes Fit, we talk about PR kerfuffles outside of MMA for a total elapsed time of an hour. And then probably that Wednesday or Thursday afterward, we will follow it up with Care Don't Care preview about the, the, other, the other fights on the card. Other than Cockhold who's talking about taking, taking him to a dark place. And the guy who I was getting uh, Romero confused with was Hector Lombard. Yeah, it happens to me too. Whatever. So that's the week. Tuesday, two shows. Uh, Wednesday, the Care Don't Care preview, and uh, we are at the conclusion of V4, the Eugene S. Robinson Show, Stomper, baby. Uh, go to patreon.com slash the Stomper. I have to say, for those of you who listen this far, if, if please tweet this out to everybody else. I got to let you guys know the rewards. If you, if you, if you, if you, if you have, um, if you've been a Patreon, if, if you've donated money at a certain level that gets you a reward, 
and you haven't heard shit from me about the reward, it's because you have to DM me. Two or three of you put in enough to get the phone call. I, I make do. I make good. I got you go. Some people put in for the for the 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 audio book and the T-shirt. You gotta DM me. Yeah, it, it's easy enough for me to go to Patreon.com and look to see who did what, but I need an address to send the stuff. So just take your take a screenshot of your page and and email it to me with your address, and I'll get you your shit. But otherwise, I, look, I know it's not. You might think it's but okay. Look, I'm old. So. At Eugene S. Robinson for Twitter. I know some of you don't do the Twitter thing. The guys who said, I only do Instagram. I couldn't, I didn't have time to put it up on Instagram. Sorry, you missed the show. You'll have to watch it. I, I do have some help. June, the wonderful June is now making sure that this is not only on SoundCloud, but it's also on iTunes. So you get the audio without the ugly. If you want to meet up with me on Instagram, Mr. Sleep3, but you got if you don't have pictures on your thing, I don't let you in because I think you're a spy. And none of this thing like I you gotta approve me. You send me an invite, you gotta already unblock it for me so I can get in, see your thing, and then I'll I'll, I'll let you in. But the Twitter account is um the Twitter account is uh, no longer velvet roped, so you can get in. It's a free for all. And that's it. I would say buy this book or Oxbow, the band Oxbow's uh, record. Thin Black Duke, you can get it iTunes, you can get it at Spotify, you can get it at Bandcamp, you can get it at Amazon, you, you should get it. That's my cat urine. Anyway, that's the end of the show. We'll see you next Sunday for the Romero Cockhold fight. I'll pick up as well as some of the other stuff that I have to say about this conversation that I had secondarily with this other cat, but we I didn't have time. It was getting convoluted and strange. So uh, we'll see you next week. Be careful. Don't do anything I would do. Look what you made me do!